morning, everyone. Our reading this morning is from the book of Mark, chapter 15, beginning at verse 40 and through to chapter 16, verse 8. And that's on page 1023 um, of the, the Red Bibles in the seats in front of you or behind you. Mark chapter 15, beginning at verse 40. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Happy Easter. Wonderful to see you. Uh, what a joy to be able to gather on this day and remember the Lord Jesus risen. Um, children, have you got your sheets? If you can, wave them in the air for me, will you? Okay, excellent. This is where you're going to be doing some of your investigating. And I think, where's Leanne gone? Where are you? She's right at the back. Do go and bring your sheets to Leanne afterwards and show her what you found out. I'm going to ask for God's help as we come to look at his word together. Let me pray. 
Father, as we turn to you, the almighty God, we recognize that you are the living God, the God of life, the God who gives life, the God who raised your son from the dead. And we pray that as we come to hear your word today, that these words of life would encourage us, feed us, strengthen our faith, turn our eyes back to our Savior, we pray. Amen. Okay, I've got a question for you to discuss, okay? So you need to chat to the person next to you or the couple of people next to you. Can you think of something that happened that changed your life to make it a bit better? So it could be very small or it could be very big. Okay, so something that happened that changed your life and made it a bit better. Have a chat to the person next to you. Okay, I'm sorry, I haven't given you very long. So you can, if you didn't get a chance, if you only heard one way, then do chat to the people afterwards, find out what they would say. Um, maybe many of the children, it was, I got an Easter egg this morning. Was that what it was? I don't know. Sometimes things happen in life that make life better. An event happens that means things are better or the future is brighter. Often things happen that mean life is harder or, or worse. This morning, as we come to chapter 16 of Mark's account, we're remembering an, ev an event that happened that changes everything. It affects everyone, everyone here, every person who's ever lived. Because of it, all of us are offered peace and the real hope, not just of a better life, but of the best future ever. So come and join the two Marys and Salome and see what happened. Chapter 16, verse 1. If you've got your Bibles closed, you'll find this on page 1024. So Mark chapter 16 and verse 1. When the Sabbath was over... Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. What do we find here? Well, it's not hope of a better future. Now, actually, as these women trudge towards the tomb with spices 
in their hands, they're not hopeful at all. Because a couple of days earlier, before their very eyes, they saw Jesus die. It was clear in Mark's account, wasn't it, as Lucinda read it, and as we heard some of the the interviews um, earlier, that Jesus really was dead. So Pilate, when he heard about it, he checked, he went to the centurion, and the centurion, it was his job, that soldier, to make sure that people were truly dead. And he confirmed it. In fact, if he'd got it wrong, his life would have been on the line. And then Joseph of Arimathea, do you remember? He came along, he he took the body. He was in no doubt as he wrapped it in linen and placed it in the tomb. This cold, dead corpse really was dead. And the women watched it all. They watched where Jesus was laid. Did you see that? End of verse, end of chapter 15, the verse 46. So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. They had hoped. They had hoped that Jesus was the one, God's king, sent by God to free people from this hard, harsh world, to fix this world. They'd seen Jesus raise people from the dead, cause blind people to see, the lame to walk, the hungry fed. They knew he was like no one else. They watched him take on the authority, love the unlovable. And they heard him promise stuff like, I'm going to bring the kingdom of God. You can be part of that kingdom. He promised that he would be the one who would bring freedom and justice and joy. And yet now, well, he was dead. And their hopes had died too. I wonder for you this morning, Easter morning, a morning where we're supposed to celebrate that actually as you think about what's going on in your life and world, your hopes have died too. Maybe you had great hopes as you headed into this year and now a few months in, well, they're dead and gone. Well, that's something of what these women felt. 36 hours later, as they head to the tomb, the women didn't realize that everything was about to change. That they brought the spices. It was the last loving tribute to this dead person that they thought was going to be the one. And all they hoped for, verse 2 and 3, they just hoped that at least someone would help them roll away the stone. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But as they neared and looked up, verse 4, but when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, 
They saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. I love this word, alarmed. This is a sort of um, English translation that really is a bit half-hearted, because the word really means just absolutely bowled over with terror and distress. As they saw this dazzling man, angel. But what I love, I love this. So the angel says, don't be alarmed. But he, he doesn't say, well, I'm only an angel. You know, don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you. No, he goes straight on to tell them what they need to hear. To explain what really happened. To tell them about the event that changes everything. And so he says, verse 6, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. We're going to look at two things that the angel said that really changes everything, not just for these women, but for us today, for the whole of humanity. Here is the first. He has risen. Uh, when I was a lot younger than I was now, I had uh, the amazing opportunity to go on a trip to Israel and, uh, and to go to see some of the places where Jesus uh, walked when he was on the earth. And one of the places that we got to go and look at was a place called the Garden Tomb. Now, w we don't know if this is the tomb where they put Jesus. It, it may well not have been. But it's the kind of tomb that he could have been put in. And we got to go and see that. And when we went to see that, there was a whole group of other visitors stu just stood in front of this at the time. And they were weeping and wailing and sort of putting their hands on the rock. And um, the first thought that came to my mind was, these guys are definitely not Irish. <laughs> and inside this tomb, there's a sign that says this. This is the actual sign. He is not here, for he is risen. And here's the second thing that struck me, that as I looked at them weeping and wailing, I'm sure that it was genuine sort of emotion at what they were experiencing. But I thought, you know, it's not this place that is the amazing thing. Because he's not here. I, I've been a Christian a couple of years at this point. I thought, he's not here. He's risen. This is the thing that really brings the deep wonder and joy. And the angel here to these women points to the evidence. He says, see where they laid him. They'd seen where he'd been put. But the body was gone. And he says, remember the promise he made. As in verse 7, he says, he promised you he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. You see, these women, they, they shouldn't have been surprised. Jesus had said time and time again that he would be betrayed and killed. And yet on the third day, rise again. And the angel was saying, it's happened. He has risen. 
Maybe you're here this morning, you're, you're not sure if you're convinced of this. Can I urge you, look at the evidence. Because this event in human history proves that Jesus truly is, not just some figure in history, but the Son of God on earth. The resurrection, this event changes everything. But if he has risen, well, what does it mean? Well, here's two things. First, it means he's alive. I wonder, um, did any of you, maybe uh, school children, you've seen less of your friends over the last week because you normally see them at school. But any of us sort of hung out with a friend this week? And you know that you're just chatting away, telling them some silly stories. And it is a real person talking to a real person. And sometimes when we talk to Jesus, it doesn't feel the same, does it? It doesn't feel like we're chatting to someone real. But the resurrection proves that when we talk to Jesus, he is alive. He is there. He is listening. He is able to help. He is just as real as that friend we were chatting to this week. Jesus is alive. And it means that he has defeated death. Not the crucifixion, not the tomb, not death itself could hold him. No one has ever risen from the dead never to die again before this. And so we know here is someone we can trust with our own death who has the power to give us eternal life. He is alive. Here's the second thing. He is believable. He said he would be betrayed. He was. That he would be killed. He was. That he would rise again. And he did. And if that's true, it means he's able to do everything he said. It means that everything he said is true. He is the Son of God. His death really did pay the ransom price for our sin. And if we trust in him, we really are forgiven. We really are free to know God again, to have eternal life. It means when he says, follow me and you will begin to live life and life to the full, that living for me is the best life. It means that really is the case. When he said he was coming back, that means he will. And if we ignore him, he said we'll face the consequences. Actually, only a few pages back in Mark, He's facing some opponents, and he says, one day, on the clouds, I'm going to come as God's appointed judge. And he said, I will judge people for all eternity. The proof that he holds that position, that he has that power, is that he rose from the dead. And maybe for you today, if you've not turned to Jesus for forgiveness then today is the day to do it, to admit your sin, to receive his love and grace. He has risen. Here's the second thing the angel says that I think changes everything. It's in verse 7, he says, there you will see him. You will see him. Um. 
Are you seeing anyone over this Easter period who you haven't seen for a while? Stick, stick a hand in the air if that's you. Seeing someone over this Easter period you haven't seen in a while? I'm just going to keep your hands up. Just on. No. Who are you seeing, Rob? Anya's uh, aunt and her family up in County Mead. Okay. So that's Anya's aunt and family up in County Mead. Are you looking forward to seeing them? Dangerous question. Um. <laughs> Good. Um, uh, who else is seeing someone? Over this period, there was a hand over here. I'm seeing my friend Tamsin and Gwen. Looking forward to seeing them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Isn't it, isn't it a wonderful thing when you get to see people you haven't seen for a while? Just that chance of seeing them again? I heard this week about a situation that happened a couple of years ago. So a, a mother and a daughter, so they were the, the sister-in-law and niece of this friend I was chatting to. This mother and daughter were traveling from Africa where they were missionaries back home to come to a wedding just for two weeks. That was the aim. And it was at the time when you had to have a negative COVID test to travel. And so they came back, they came for the wedding, and then as they were getting ready to go back to Africa, they took a test. And it was positive. They tested the next day and it was positive. And after a week, it was still positive. And after a month, it was still positive. Five months later, that mother and daughter finally got to go back to be re reunited with the father and the other children. Five months they had been apart. Can you imagine what it was like when they walked out of the airport and they met the rest of the family? W wouldn't that have just been amazing, wonderful? Well, that is what the angel says will happen for these women, for Jesus' disciples. He says, you will see him. The, the one these women and the disciples had hoped would sort everything out. The one that they'd given up everything to follow. Can you imagine what it was like when that happened? When they truly saw him again, the one they thought was dead. But you know, the Bible is clear that if you're a Christian here today who follows Jesus, who've given up so much to follow him, that one day we too will see Jesus. We too will be reunited with him, either in heaven or, or when he comes back. And our future, when we are with him in our in a world which is not just a, a sort of a bit better, but it's perfect. It'll be overwhelming, breathtaking. This world doesn't deliver to what we want, does it? What we hope for. This week alone, I've sat with someone who has been diagnosed with a terminal illness that there is no cure for. I've chatted to a friend who've ha who's had to stop work because the strain is too much. A another lady in hospital who, who, is just, who is older and has just said, I've just had enough. Another person who, who just had hoped that they'd be married with children and now at times feel so alone. 
I mean, each of us could have our story probably of this week of what we'd hoped for and what wasn't the reality. This world broken by sin, the harshness, the hardness of it at times. But if the resurrection is real, this is not all there is. And Jesus is preparing something for us that is better by far. And our future, it will just be wonderful. Not just because there'll be no more sin or death or crying or, or, or some of that hardness. But because we will get to see him. The thing that will overwhelm us more than anything else will be seeing this Savior who has loved us this much. How do you feel about that? Are you ready for it? What about Peter? If there was anyone who was not ready to meet Jesus from his bunch of disciples, it was Peter. Peter, the one who, when Jesus said he needed to go and die, Peter said, no way you can't do that. Peter, the one who said he would, he would die for Jesus. When it came to the crunch, denied him three times. Denied him three times. And do you know what the angel says to the, to the women? Go and tell his disciples. Aren't these two words just wonderful? And Peter. Jesus wants even Peter. Maybe you know you're a Christian, but, but you're just not sure that Jesus really wants you. You, you think about what you did or what you said or, or how lukewarm your heart is. I know that struggle. And we wonder, does Jesus really want me? If we're trusting in Jesus, he died for us. He's risen again. He's gone ahead of us. And he's longing to see us. The sign that we've understood the resurrection is that in our head and in our heart, we are longing to see him. Do you know what's really strange about this account in Mark's gospel? Is that it doesn't end with that longing. Did you notice that? So actually verses 9 to 20 are probably not part of the original. So, so Mark's account here ends in verse 8 with the women running away. Verse 8. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Why does Mark end like this? When you read through Mark's gospel, what you find out is that throughout, Jesus tells people not to be afraid, not to fear. And it's clear that if you understand who Jesus really is. You don't need to be afraid of anything. It's actually clear from the other accounts in the Bible, Bibles that it wasn't long before these women did go on and tell others and did understand. But here Mark leaves us with a challenge. It's this. How will we respond? Will we respond with with fear or, or bewilderment or anxiety or apathy? Or will we respond with faith? 
Because Mark says to us, the angel says to us, God says to us, here's the empty tomb. He is risen. You will see him. I wonder what that something was that you chatted about at the beginning that's changed your life for the better. Maybe it was just an Easter egg. Just meant you had something to enjoy today. Do we see that this event in history changes everything? Jesus is alive. He is believable. He is coming back. If we ignore him, we will have to face him. But if we trust him now, we have peace, hope, and life in relationship with him now. And with him in perfection forever. We're just going to take a moment to pause, consider, reflect, and in the quiet of our hearts, maybe respond in prayer. (laughs) 